and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, a podcast aimed at making your quilting life more fun and creative while connecting with quilters just like you. Join the staff of the magazines you love for a great episode filled with tips and tricks. Enjoy! Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. So over the weekend, I celebrated my birthday. I love birthdays. They always feel like a fresh start to me, and I prefer using my birthday as a date to set goals, shift my mindset, and look back and reflect over the past year, as opposed to New Year's Day. The past few years, I've also used my birthday as a kickstart to a new quilting project that documents my life in a certain way. I'm going to walk you through the past birthday projects I've done and also tell you what I have in store for this year. And we're going to chat to Kitty Wilkin of The Night Quilter, whose Quilt Your Life project and crew is inspiring quilters to document their adventures and everyday life through gorgeous quilts. Overall, I hope this episode inspires all of our listeners to imagine how their life and their goals might translate to a meaningful project, whether you start it for your birthday like me, the new year, or even to document a season of your life. So the first project I tackled for my birthday quilt was a day-in-the-life English paper-pieced hexagon project. So I fussy cut fabric that described each day and turned it into a hexagon. And then each week, I sewed the seven hexagons of the week into a flower shape. At the end of the year, I had 52 flowers, one for each week of the year. I applied those flowers onto a pieced background to make a small throw. This was a fun and challenging project. I loved finding something special about each day to document. Some things were big, like we bought a house that year. Uh, and some things were small, like I read a great book or I worked in the garden planting flowers. I recruited all of my quilting friends to be on the lookout for great fabrics for fussy cutting. And often I had requests for them, uh, such as like a specific motif I was looking for. So luckily, each hexagon I made only needed a two and a half inch square of fabric. So it was a pretty small ask for friends to donate a square of the fabric for my cause. This project was a lot of work. Um, it involved a lot of documenting of my days, note-taking. Um, I was always on the lookout for fabrics that matched my needs, and then all the hand-sewing of those hexagons together. But the project was worth it. Uh, it really made me find positive experiences each day, and it helped me see even the most mundane tasks as worthy of a spot on my quilt. It truly made me appreciate my life, and I love looking back on this quilt and spotting all those memories. So after that project, I knew I needed something a little simpler for the following year. I decided to try my hand at an improv quilt. 
I had never done improv piecing before that. Um, my brain is very analytical. I love structure. I love rules. So the thought of doing an improv quilt scared me, uh, but I was also hoping it would push me past my boundaries and help me grow in my creativity. Um, I also wanted to learn to go with the flow, which is something I'm still working on in my life. <laughs> uh, so I made one improv block for every year of my life, and I had no rules except that each block would finish at three inches. So even the schedule for this one was a little loose, um, which I suppose kind of went along with the whole theme because I didn't really need a block a week. I didn't need that many blocks. So I just tried to have the project on my workspace all year. Um, and when I was inspired, I'd create. And some months I made a lot more blocks than others, and it kind of all evened out. Uh, this project is actually hanging in my office at work now as a reminder that plans change, I can't control everything, and even the unknown and kind of freeform things can create beauty. I do have to say that I haven't made an improv block since that project, so uh, overall it was not the technique for me. <laughs> then the following year, I decided to do a monthly challenge. So I called it my give a month, give it a month challenge, um, where I would try a new technique or challenge every month, uh, learning as much as I could. So I tackled working with wool, foundation paper piecing, hand piecing, sewing curves. Um, I read books on those topics or watched video tutorials. Um, then I chose a project. I tested a variety of supplies and tools and techniques for everything. And then I finished the project within each month. Uh, also, as part of this challenge, I did do a sewing room declutter one month. Uh, and I tried sewing for 30 minutes a day one month. Uh, so this challenge happened as the pandemic hit. So I only got halfway through before I kind of halted it to deal with the new reality. Um, and I meant to get back to it after, you know, amount of time, but things just seemed too chaotic and stressful. Uh, but I did love the challenges I did do. So I, I learned so much. Uh, I tried new things. I found some favorite and now go-to supplies, which I'm very thankful for. And I actually still keep up with hand sewing, which is a technique I never thought I'd love. So I'm happy I tried it. This project was a lot to coordinate um, because I always had to be thinking ahead so I could have the project, the fabric, the resources I needed to tackle next month's project so I could kind of hit, hit the start at the first of the month. There was really no time to waste. So I always felt like I was juggling multiple things. Um, so if I did do this project again, I would give myself two months for each challenge to really give myself the time and the space to immerse myself in it. Uh, but I do have to say that it was one of the most productive and fast-paced six months of my sewing life. <laughs> so now it's been a few years and I'm ready to tackle another birthday project. So a little backstory first. Uh, at the end of 2018, I was diagnosed with anxiety. Uh, I was having just kind of a slew of bad physical and mental symptoms, and I even ended up in the ER. Um, so I kind of spent the last four years 
learning and dealing with anxiety and some days are better than others. And of course, the pandemic did not help with my anxiety. uh, That's for sure. So I kind of slowly learned what my body and mind need to function with anxiety, as well as how to spot some triggers and early warning signs of more serious symptoms so that I can deal with them right away. It's a journey. And I feel now like I'm switching from maybe a more survival mode to a more normal one. You know, I'm I'm back at work after the pandemic, finally. Um, I'm getting back to a routine. I'm able to see family and friends. I'm traveling. And so now I'm kind of readjusting to this life out and about in the world with anxiety again. And, you know, being out of my my safe house bubble, um, now I'm having more on my to-do list, more on my social calendar. That kind of all means that some of the habits I had around dealing with my anxiety have fallen to the wayside. And I'm noticing myself being more stressed and frazzled than I'd like. So this year, I want to get back to focusing on my health and well-being, and I want my quilt to help document that as well as keep me accountable in the process. So I came up with a list of four things that I know will help my anxiety, and I made sure it wouldn't put too much more on my plate or cause any extra stress uh, over all these four items could take about an hour of my day, which is definitely time I can devote to myself and my health. So they are working out, meditating, journaling specifically about three things I'm grateful for, and spending time on a hobby, uh, specifically sewing or reading. Now, there are obviously a lot more things I do daily that can help me uh, with anxiety, but these four things I have control over, um, as opposed to saying get a good night's sleep, which is great for my health, uh, but not always something I can guarantee. So to me, each of these items represents a part of my health. So working out is good for my physical health, uh, meditation for my mental health, gratitude journaling for my emotional health and just having a positive outlook on life, and then hobbies, which is just positive for my soul. So I hope as I focus on these four things, I feel more control over my life and I feel nourished in my life. So I feel like I have the energy to bring happiness to other areas of my life. So sometimes it's just about identifying those basics and focusing on those as the building blocks to bigger and better things. So how I'm setting the quilt up is that I assigned each of these four items a color. So working out is oranges, gratitude is yellows, meditation is teals, and and hobbies are purples. And then each day I record which of these activities I do. So the goal is to do all four every day. And if I miss an activity, I note that. The missed activities, I assigned the color white. At the end of each month, I will count up how many of each activity I did throughout the month and then average it out. So ideally, I would do each activity each day. So each of the four colors would have 25% of the month equal representation. But as I miss activities, you know, whites get added to the mix. Or if I do one activity more than others, uh, I can already tell you from this month that I've done more hobby uh, than I've, you know, done working out. (laughs) So then I will cut strips of fabric to coordinate with those averages of each color. And then I will piece them into one long strip. 
and each month will have a long strip of colors. So the quilt will have 12 rows of pieced strips. And eventually you'll be able to see my progression of my habits. I'm hoping this encourage me, encourages me to do things I know are good for me. Uh, the more things I miss each day, the more white my quilt will have. And while I love white, that doesn't make for the most beautiful quilt. So I'm looking for ways to add color to my quilt and my life. Because sometimes anxiety does feel like it kind of sucks the vibrancy out of my days. Also, I want to acknowledge how important white or rest can be in our lives. You know, a quilt without white or a background color can look overwhelming. I'm expecting to miss things throughout the month, uh, but sometimes we miss things because we're doing other fun or sometimes hard things, and that's okay. So I'm hoping that little bit of white adds balance to my quilt and my life. So I know that's kind of hard to explain all over a podcast. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm at Lynn's Mayland. I'll be posting pictures throughout the year so you can kind of get a better sense of the quilt. Uh, right now, I do have all my fabrics chosen, and I think it'll have a really nice effect across the quilt. It's kind of uh, like a rainbow ombre with, you know, whites in the middle, and it gets kind of light with some of the colors. And I plan to piece my first month strip at the end of October, uh, but I may start cutting all the strips in advance because I'm just kind of excited to get started. So we are going to take a quick ad break now, but when we come back, we're chatting with Kitty Wilkin more about all of her advice for quilting your life. Welcome back. I'm handing the mic over to my coworker, Elizabeth for her chat with Kitty Wilkin of Night Quilter. Enjoy. Well, Kitty, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's such a pleasure to get to talk with you and just learn a little bit more about what you do. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. So let's just start at the very beginning. How did you become a quilter and what kind of got you started and when was that? So I first started quilting about 12 years ago. Um, I started my first quilt uh, when my youngest, when my oldest child was a baby. And I didn't grow up with quilters in my family, but I married into a family where the grandmother was a very talented quilter, Grammy June. And it's kind of funny because I saw her quilts, you know, right when we met the family and they are super intricate, all hand pieced beautiful but not something that I thought that I could or wanted to do and so I was kind of like all right cool quilting that's a thing I didn't realize that um and appreciated her work without thinking it was something I could do and then when my oldest was born a cousin gave us a simple patchwork quilt and that was kind of the segue I needed the kind of ladder step that I was like oh I could do this this sounds like a really interesting thing to do and so I just kind of dove in to looking on blogs, mostly, uh, mostly self-taught and started quilting and kind of traveled from there. <laughs> um, I didn't, when my second child was born is when I started quilting more regularly. And so up until that point for the first like two or three years of quilting, it, I had some projects, but they were slow and I didn't really, it was just kind of making a quilt. And then when my second child was born, I realized that I could make progress 10, 15 minutes at a time. 
And that was just kind of life-changing because before that I thought, well, I don't have time to make a quilt. I have babies, I have toddlers. And then realizing that if I just, you know, worked on it for 10 or 15 minutes each night when I put the baby down until he woke up again, I could make progress and slowly finish quilts. And so that really helped me dive more into it. Mm-hmm. So when did you make that decision to start sharing your quilting with a larger audience? And, and I'm assuming your name of your blog, Night Quilter, kind of came out of, you know, eking out those 10 to 15 minutes with mm-hmm. when you had time as a busy young mom. Yes, absolutely. I My name, Night Quilter, came to be... Um, my motto is I grab a needle and thread once the kids are in bed, because that's exactly when it started, that. <laughs> you know, trying to grab those 15 minutes once I get the baby down before one of the other kids needs me. Um, I started blogging about eight years ago. I actually looked it up. It was February to February 2014. And my husband is a programmer. And so he had had blogs in the past. Um but I had not really dabbled too much in it. And then I started my Night Quilter blog mostly as a way to connect with other makers because I was a full-time mom of an infant and a toddler and didn't know any quilters in the area, really. I mean, other than Grammy June. And it was just a way for me to share what I was working on and share my thoughts. I've always loved writing and sharing and connecting with people. And I, because I learned how to quilt basically through reading other quilters' blogs, I thought, well, here's a fun way to kind of pay it forward and share my journey into this world of quilting. And it's just kind of grown organically from there. Yeah, that's great. So I I wanted to have our listeners hear a little bit about this idea that you have called Quilt Your Life. Could you explain a little bit more about the inspiration for how you started, you know, documenting and celebrating um, big life milestones through quilting? Yes. I So the Quilt Your Life idea actually started as a result of a joke when my third child, my youngest, I have three children who are now seven, 10 and 12. But when my youngest was born, um, it was the morning of his one month anniversary. And I was in the kitchen nursing him must have been a weekend because my husband was making breakfast and totally joking around. I realized he was one month old and said, so what outfit should we put him in for his one month sticker photo shoot? Joking, because I had tried that with my second child and didn't make it past month five. And so instead of like, um, So my husband responded, well, aren't you going to make a quilt block or something for him for every month? And instead of just joining in the poor third child joke, I I gaped. I like I had to do this now. And so that the first milestone, the first quilt your life project I made was a milestone quilt for my third child, who I figured would have no pictures. I wouldn't remember when his first tooth was when, you know, when you have two other young children, it's hard. That stuff just doesn't happen. You know, blank baby book all the way. And so instead, I made a quilt block each month and did a little photo shoot with him and with him, with his growing quilt, growing baby, growing quilt, and wrote a blog post with his milestones, his developmental milestones. And that started the process of tying life together with quilting. And at this point in my life, it was such a valuable thing because being the mom of three young kids, like three kids under five. There wasn't time for me to sew. There wasn't time for me to do anything for myself. And this project was kind of the first step in helping me recognize that sewing is something that is really beneficial to me. And also 
like by making it something I'm doing for my child and for my family. So it felt less selfish, even Mm -hmm. though at this point in my life, I recognize that taking time for me to sew and to do things that I love is not selfish. Mm -hmm. But the me at that point felt bad every time I went up to sew. And so this project just kind of started me down this path of tying life together with quilt making and making meaningful makes that either document memories, like this one was made along with a child, but there have been one quilts made in the past that are more reflective and documenting memories from the past and stitch stitch those into quilts. And then it's morphed from there in big ways. Um, And I've used it more as kind of like a motivator because I recognized how well it works for me. Um, So after my milestone quilt for my youngest, the next quilt I made was a summer adventure quilt for that next summer, where we earned a block for every adventure we went on as a family. That's so fun. I love that. It was it was super awesome. And it was really great for me and for my friends and their kids, because we all were in the same life situation, wanted to get out, but it's really hard to go on a hike when you have three young kids. It's hard Mm -hmm. to just get out the door. And so having this project was the motivation for us to establish, okay, this is the day of the week we're going to hike or we're going to go to the beach or we're going to do something outdoor every time this week so that we can earn a block for my quilt. (laughs) It was just, it was great. So what did some of those blocks look like when you said you went on a hike and so you made a block to um, kind of reflect that? Can you explain a little bit visually like what those blocks look like? And did you have those ideas in mind ahead of time or did it kind of create as you went throughout the summer? That's a great question. So this for this particular project, before I started, I kind of mapped out a general idea of what I wanted the quilt to look like. And so I'm big into nature. And so every hike was earned a tree block. And I did improv trees so I could make them different. Just kind of some were really simple, like triangle pine trees. Some were more involved. But every hike earned a tree block. Um, every trip to the ocean or to the beach or to the lake for swimming earned an ocean block, which was kind of a more traditionally peace block um, with kind of like blue, blue lines and triangles so that when they piece together, it looks like the ocean. So we went camping, we earned a tent block and, you know, things like that. We went sailing with family at one point um, with visiting family. And so I made a boat block to Mm -hmm. represent that adventure. Awesome. So by the end of the summer, you had this beautiful quilt with all of these memories and you could look back and be like, oh, I remember that hike. I remember that trip to the beach. Yes, very, very much so. And and I brought the blocks with me for the most part, as much as I could. I brought the blocks with me on the adventures and took pictures of us on the hike with the tree block that earned it. And so those memories were really, you know, richly ingrained in that quilt. Mm -hmm. So what is your current milestone quilt your life block that you're working on this year? So I am, I just finished up the data collection for my current one. My most recent quilt your life project was called my summer loving quilt. Um, And that it, it ran from June through August. And as I mentioned, I'm kind of growing out of that phase of being a mother who only gives and gives and gives and gives and 
you know, trying to move more into recognizing that self-care is not only important and important for me, but it's also a gift to the people around me. And so I'm, I'm working to prioritize my own joy and my own pleasure and my own, you know, things that help me feel good after almost a decade of not, you know, after a decade of being like, my primary goal and my primary purpose is to meet the needs of all these people around me, you know, and to just, I don't have time for myself. And so this project, this summer, I decided to really embrace the idea of prioritizing the things that bring me joy. And I have a summer a summer loving quilt where I earned blocks for a number of things that make me feel good. Something that is for me, that I enjoy, and that once I've done it, I always feel better that day. And so everything from like time spent in the garden, um, running miles when I ran a mile, every mile earned a block, uh, walking miles, time spent reading, um, hiking, time by the ocean, full submergence. So like going all the way under the water in the ocean is something that I didn't do for years because I was always watching my babies and I'm got to make sure the kids don't drown. And now they're old enough. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I can go jump in the ocean. But that would be okay. Yeah. So yeah, I'm like all things from, you know, cool. pleasure so have- to creativity. That's yeah. been great. And so a block represents each one of those kind of activities or emotions in your quilts. Yes. Yep. So, and they have, they have different, um, <clears throat> like time frame. So for example, for reading every hour spent reading earned a block okay. and for time in the garden, every half hour in the garden earned a block, um, for the beach. Most of them are every half hour earned a block, or you either do it or you don't, mm-hmm. um, running and and walking each mile earned a block for hiking each mile is designated by a strip um a skinny strip added to the block and it's all different color coded so each activity has a color so at the end of the year I can see or at the end of the summer putting those blocks all together I kind of arranged them um in a color order and so all of the yellow ones are together and then I built out from there um, and so then I have June, July, and August that go together. And you can see, you know, in, in June, I spent way more time in the garden than in August. In August, I spent more, way more time at the beach. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a really fun way to see that I really, it worked. Like I earned more blocks each month than I did the previous month. Uh-huh. Um, had a really great summer and spent a lot of time doing things that feed my soul. And yeah. it's been great. I love that so much. So um, you talked a little bit on your blog about, and you've talked a little bit here in our interview about um, positive reinforcement. And I I can't remember the word you've called it. Um, Oh, the positive feedback loop. Um, How does that play into quilting and motivating yourself? That's a, a great question. And something that I I'm excited to have seen happen with other people as they quilt their life, because I didn't know at first if this is just something that worked really well for me. And I I first discovered the power of the positive feedback loop during my running quilt in 2020. I made a quilt that logged my running miles each day. So every day I could earn a strip of fabric color coordinated based on mileage. Either I ran or I didn't run. And um, 
it really helped me. My goal was to get out more consistently because I running was something that I did, but not with any kind of regularity. And I always felt better when I did run, but it was really hard to get myself out of bed in the morning to do it. So I figured, all right, well, these life, you know, cycling quilts have worked in the past to get me out on more adventures and, you know, quilting when I had three infant, three young kids. Why don't I try earning fabric each day? And so the idea is that when I run, then I earn a strip of fabric for this quilt. And then I do more sewing, which is then makes me also feel good. And then that motivates me to run more because I see this quilt building. And, you know, maybe I get to the point where I'm like, oh, I really could use, I'd like to see some purple in my quilt, but I have to run six miles to earn a purple strip. So then that kind of gets me out, pushing my boundaries in both like self-fulfilling ways through running, but also taking the time to quilt. And so positive thing leads to positive thing leads to positive thing. And it just creates this positive feedback loop where I do more running and more quilting and then I feel better. And then everybody is just influenced in a positive way. Yeah. And you have a whole community that you've built around the quilt your life idea and the positive feedback loop. Could you share a little bit about um, that community you've created and some of the positive feedback you've received from some of the members in your group? Yes, I I did. I started the Quilt Your Life crew, which is a membership group, um, a little over a year ago, and it has been incredible. It's been really a wonderful way to create community of a community of makers who are really intentional with how they live. And it's it's a really amazing thing because, you know, as you said, I've, I've received so much positive feedback, feedback from people who have made really difficult life changes or um, have gotten through challenging times through these things that we talk about in the crew every month, like being gentle with yourself and giving yourself grace and recognizing that like with the running quilt, Days that you don't run, you could either say, oh, I did nothing that day. Or you can say, hey, this is a day that my body needed rest. And I I gave myself a gift by resting. And think of yourself with positive thoughts instead of thinking, ah, oh, man, I didn't run for three days. That's, mm-hmm. that's horrible, you know. And so using all of that, it's been really helpful and amazing to hear from these other people who are putting these same ideas and same intention into their living and into their quilting and then creating diverse quilts documenting them. Hey, it's Lindsay. I am so sorry to interrupt, but we have to take a quick ad break. We will be back soon with more from Kitty. Wow. So for any of our listeners that are interested and starting to document their life through quilts. Do you have any tips to share with them on how to get started or maybe share some other examples of milestones and lives that could be turned into a quilt? Absolutely. Yeah, I have lots of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another idea, another quilt that I've done is I, when I turned 40, I decided I had a lot of, um, you know, reflection about that milestone birthday. And now that I'm 41, I'm on the other side of it. It feels really ridiculous to the way that I was feeling as a 39 year old approaching 40. But that whole idea of over the hill, like societal's ridiculous over the hill thing, I used that as kind of a seed of an idea and decided that 
I'm going to say, forget over the hill. I'm going to keep climbing mountains. And so I decided that between my 40th birthday and my 41st birthday, I wanted to hike 40 mountaintops, like hike to 40 peaks. Mm -hmm. And living in Maine, there are a lot of mountains in the area. And so that's sort of seemed doable. Yeah. I earned a mountain block per peak that I hiked. And so something like that, like picking a milestone birthday and creating a goal around it, whether it's reflection or um, working on yourself, like better self-care is another common thing that is used in quilting, um, in quilting life. It can be a really beneficial practice. And so you asked about tips to getting started. My biggest tip, the, the biggest challenge when you first dive into this is wanting to document all of the things, you know, especially with the science part of my brain is like data collection. How much can I, how much can I share in this quilt? How much data can I convey? But you also want to make sure that it's a manageable and positive thing and not just another project that you're going to feel bad about because you're behind. So setting yourself up for success is super important. And a lot of it comes from just, you know, self-reflection, reflecting on your life and reflecting on your priorities and reflecting on what you want to get from this experience. Mm. And so I have um, crew members, but I also have a planning PDF available in my pattern shop that has a bunch of guides to quilting your life, both from data collection sheets, like um, printouts that you can track data on, planning pages, um, reflection on how to choose what to document, mm -hmm. um, little tips on quilt math, because that's one of the challenging parts about quilting life is fabric, knowing how much fabric to get, mm. because it hasn't happened yet. Oh, right? That's so true. Right. We don't have a crystal ball. Like, I don't know how many two mile runs I'm going to go on in the next year. So how do I know how much fabric to get? Mm -hmm. And so I include ideas of how to kind of extrapolate that from look at a week. You know, if you have one week and you usually go on one or two, two mile runs in a week, there's 52 weeks in the year and you can kind of go off there to get started. Okay. This sounds like the perfect thing for those of us that love to document live kind of track progress and goal setting too. Um, mm -hmm. Such a fun way to combine, like you said, your analytical mind with your creative mind. Yes, very much. It's, it's very cool in that way, like data collection and habit tracking and mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That sounds like all of the nerdy good things that I love. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Very yeah. nerdy, but it, it's, it's so much fun too, because yeah. Because it's also creative and that's the other thing because life is so unexpected there are all, always opportunities for like creative problem solving along the way you know so like for my running quilt I documented runs and hikes and I earned a strip you know a, a wider strip for the runs and the hike color-coded color for mileage but then a couple months in I both ran and hiked on the same day so I was faced with all right, well, what do I do now? Because I wanted each strip to be a day. And yeah. so I had to creatively problem solve. How do I want to show this in my quilt? And it's it's just a fun way to, you know, track life and then have a visual representation of, you know, a snapshot of your life in that moment. Right. I love that it's such a visual, um, like almost a memory book too, but in a, in a quilt, that's such a fun yeah. way. Um, of a different way of kind of scrapbooking life in a way so um, yeah yeah but also speaking about like 
documenting life and like photographing things, you also are just such an amazing photographer with your quilts and you just um, take such beautiful photos. And I've noticed that you had some tips on your blog too about um, how to take better quilt photos. And I think that's something that a lot of quilters don't stop and document the end of results of their quilts too. We often, you know, make a quilt and we give it away. And then you kind of forget all of the quilts you've made throughout your life. do you have mm-hmm. some tips for how to take better quilt photography for our listeners? Sure. Yeah, I actually have an on-demand class on my website on how to take great quilt photos for those who want to really dive in. But my my best advice is to, number one, get find the best light. Lighting is everything. And so especially when you are excited to share your work, if you just finished a quilt block, you want to put it on your cutting mat at night with the overhead lights and (laughs) share it on Instagram. If you take the time to just wait till the next morning and find natural light and even lighting, that's the best. Um, And then the other tip is to think about the story you want to tell. A lot of my making and photography is about telling the story of the process or telling the story of the quilt and taking that time to, you know, think about what it is you're trying to convey in this photo and then show that in some way. For example, if you are photographing a baby quilt, you might want to have the baby in the photo or Mm -hmm. you, you know, the For my um, milestone quilt for Finn, I took photos along the way and it was very distinctly different, the photo shoot when he was one month old versus when he was six months old and, you know, eating all of my stuff as I try to get the quilt blocks up. But those, all of those photos help tell the story of this quilt. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that's helpful, you know, you know, getting lighting really is everything. And Mm then, um, telling the story. I like to take a lot of photos outside because I don't have a magazine worthy house. It's, you know, I don't have any white walls. We don't have, you know, anyway, Mm -hmm. so if you take it outside, you can capture the natural light. And then there's also so many beautiful spots in nature, whether Mm -hmm. it's a local park or uh, trails or water, or they make really beautiful quilt backdrops too. Yeah. Great tips. Thank you so much. So I always like to end our interviews with what I call our rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to ask you some questions and whatever first comes to your mind, we'll go with that answer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Number one, what is a sewing notion that you can't live without? I'd have to say sew tights. They're um, magnetic pins and I love them for especially hand piecing, but they are super handy for holding English paper piecing together and they double as a needle minder. They have big ones for attaching quilts to long arm leaders. Like I use them all the time. So many uses for them. I love that product. Me too. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Number two, what is something that you are proud of? It could be a project that you've completed or a career or personal quilting goal. I think I'm most proud of the Quilt Your Life crew and what that has grown into and the way that I've um, managed to create a community um, that helps support people in all areas of life and, you know, helps provide quilting techniques and tools so that if they have something in life they want to document, they have more skills to apply, like, oh, how to design foundation paper piece patterns or how to do needle turn applique or all that kind of thing. Um, and I'm really proud of how it has come together and the, the community that has has happened as a result. Nice. Um, what's playing in the backgrounds of your while you're quilting? Is there a podcast or a playlist or a movie you love to watch? 
So this is a funny question because I'm severely hard of hearing. And so for the longest time, I didn't listen to anything. I was always sewing when my kids were asleep and not being able trying to, really not to wake them up. Phones. Right. <laughs> trying not to wake them up. I, I didn't listen to anything. But lately, I have this new little doohickey called the Compilot that will stream music straight to my hearing aids. And so I've been listening to different playlists on Spotify and revisiting music I listened to as a teenager and in college and it's been really fun nice yeah all right uh what's currently on your design wall or your sewing table so right now on my design wall I have my summer loving quilt blocks I for that project earned all the I worked on data collection all summer so that I could spend more time doing these fun delightful things and now that the summer is done I'm slowly chipping away at sewing up the I think 600 something blocks that I managed to earn over the summer. (laughs) You had a very busy summer. (laughs) Oh, it was incredible. (laughs) All right. And your last, the last question here, Um, what is a quilting goal or something on a, you know, quilting bucket list that you've always wanted to try or complete? I would really like to make a storm at sea quilt once and Actually, hearing this question makes me remember that I've started one and that I have one in progress that kind of got put to the back burner. So I'd like to pull it out. It's using um, Juicy Juice Inferno fabric. So really playing with the color gradation. And I'm really excited about it and need to pull it out again. But my goal is to finish a Storm at Sea quilt. (laughs) Well, Kitty, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I've just really enjoyed our conversation And I know you've given me a lot to think about as far as it goes with documenting your lives. And I love that you combine so many of your hobbies with your quilting too, and how thoughtful you are in all of the quilts and things that you create. So I think you've given us all a lot to think about. Thank you so much. It's been really fun having this conversation. Thanks. And um, where can people find more information about you and your quilt, your life crew? Um, you can find a lot of information on my blog or website, which is nightquilter.com. And that's N-I-G-H-T-Q-U-I-L-T-E-R. So like not the night in shining armor, but yes, <laughs> the nighttime. Um, and also LinkedIn, my profile on Instagram. I'm on Instagram pretty regularly um, at nightquilter. Right. And everyone can go there and look at your beautiful photos. <laughs> yes. You can look at my photos and see what I'm up to. And, yeah. and keep to- you accountable <laughs> with all of your quilting goals. Yes. Yes. That's well, that's the funny thing about this whole process is that this, the Quilt Your Life crew group and the fact that I'm doing this and sharing it on Instagram, that's a little piece of accountability that keeps me going. And so, yeah, if that works, it works. Yes. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks. You too. Thanks so much to Elizabeth and Kitty for that amazing chat. Kitty is one of my favorite people I follow on Instagram. I'm just so inspired by her spirit, her beautiful quilts and photos, and just how she spreads such positivity to the world. She truly is someone I look up to in the quilting world. We'll link to all the resources Kitty mentions in the show notes, including her website, social media, and all the resources for quilting your life. I hope you check her out and follow more of what she does. And that's it for this week. Remember to send me your scary sewing stories or quilting fails to my email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. That's listed in our show notes. 
so that we can compile and share them on our Halloween podcast. The more spooky stories, the better. Everyone have a great week and think of how you can make your days quilt worthy. all and thanks for listening keep in touch american patchwork and quilting is on facebook pinterest and instagram at all people quilt email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast and if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us Have a creative week.